voice is a little bit down, uh, please make a sign if I don't speak loud enough or you don't hear me. Um, how many of you like the word legacy? You know, when you're young, you don't think about it that much. But I look back at the first person in whom I saw Jesus Christ, my grandfather. And if there's one thing that I remember of my, my grandpa from my dad's side, is a man who walked with God. That is his legacy to me. And if I look at my grandma from my mom's side, she was a worshiper of the Lord. And if I look at her legacy in my life, is here's a woman, a worshiper of God. And if I look at my grandfather that I already told you about, a brothers, the second oldest, one of the first Baptist preachers of a few churches at once for about 55 years. Here's a servant of the Lord. I wonder what is my legacy and your legacy in this world. What you will think of your mom or your dad? What do your children and your co-workers think about you? We look in scriptures, and there's some easy legacies. What's Abraham's legacy? Father of faith. Father of faith for all of us, for the church. But what about for the world? It's a little more hidden, but what did the people where he was walking the promised land call Abraham? Mm -mm. The man of God. Can you imagine a guy who's walking around and the witness of people who don't know him and get to know him, they called him the man of God. What did they call Moses? Abraham was called friend by the Lord. They called him the prophet. As we come within the presence of God, His presence is so powerful that you will have a legacy, not a momentary witness, not things that you and I will do, but a legacy. When you are in Christ, a legacy of God will go before you. Well, Pastor, what if I don't have a legacy? 
well, maybe you've been living for yourself a little too much. I remember being with this pastor of a mega church, walking to an Italian bakery. And his Italian son married a Jewish lady. He said, look, I'm Catholic for generations, and you know Jesus Christ and Mary, and now he marries a Jew, and now I'm a Jew, and I'm everything. And this pastor didn't know what to say. And I said to him, he knew I was a pastor. He knew the other guy was a pastor. We had lunch there. And I said to him, I have something to ask you. If you were to go away, what would your grandchildren say about you? Because you tell me you're a Jew and you're everything now and a Catholic and everything's fine. What would they say? And he took a step back like this behind the counter. He tilted his head and I could tell he doesn't know what to say. And I walked back two weeks in the same place. And from the back, his wife runs. Says, my husband had a heart attack. And he said that if you come back to pray for him. So I did. Come back a couple of weeks later. Comes back from the counter. Now he's giving me all this free food. I can't go there because every time I went there, I had free food. The food was excellent too. But I said, no, I cannot do this. I'll accept it once, but I, you cannot, every time I come, you cannot just hand me free food. I'm not a beggar. But do you know what he said the first time he saw me after his heart attack? It is only Christ, Jesus Christ, and Him alone. Now you say, well, how could it happen that you asked about legacy right before he was about to have a heart attack? And I didn't know I was prophesying. I, I got to be honest with you. I, 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 I thought, how can I bring this person to the Lord? How can I get him closer to the truth? So I asked him about his legacy. Now, the Lord knew what was going to happen. So when he had the heart attack and he was in the bed, his wife said he had one thing in his mind. There's a reason why that pastor told me about legacy. Go tell him. Let me ask you. What is your legacy? 
I gave you a legacy to a random person that I didn't really even know. Very, very interesting. slides, my clicker's not working. Okay. We'll have to deal with all the slides. We're having some technical difficulty. But before we start, as we protect ourselves from ourselves in this area of legacy, let's prayerfully approach the subject. Proverbs 69, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for man to direct his steps. Many are the plans of the mind of man. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Let's pray a quick prayer. Father, you are the great I am. There is no legacy in us unless you shine through us. It is in your presence and within the beauty of your wealth of love and goodness that we stand today to be a legacy for you, for your glory, and for your praise alone. So remove, Lord, our own plans and our own inclination as we approach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Speaking about vision, vision simply um, is how we relate to God and in that relationship, in that relationship with God, it's how he directs us and where he wants us to go. Now, is there vision in your life? I spoke about Abraham. The Lord said, get out of this infestation of idolatry. Worship me alone and go to the land that I'll show you. The man of God. 
Moses, did the same. Saw a burning bush and approached it. And the big prophet was given a vision where to go, but also had to learn how to relate to God. Vision was to go to the promised land for Israel. But it was all about the relationship between Israel and the Father as they get to the promised land. So what is the vision of this church? What is the vision of the church where you go? What is your calling of the vision that Jesus has for you? I'm so glad I had so many messages on my phone asking me those questions. So I can share with you today. But there's a mission. You have vision from God. What is a mission from God? Sorry about the slides. Mission is how he manifests himself and his purposes through us. Vision is how God relates with you and where he wants to take you. Mission is how he manifests himself through you and his purposes through us. Now, let's look back again. Do you think vision and mission are key components to legacy? Can you have a legacy with God unless you have a vision from God and you're on mission? He's in mission through you. No. I remember loving the Lord many times and wanting to be on mission and lacking lacking that vision and part of the mission. And because I knew Christ and his word, I would act and do things that would bring praise to myself. And I used to hate it. Why? Because that's not why I'm in the world. God has not done that. So people say good things about you and me. I am meant to be transparent, not hold anything towards myself. And the easy way to deal with that is to begin to declare values. What are values in your life? Scriptural treasures. that are very important for you and I. Now, within this vision and mission, 
and relationship with God, there are many images in the Bible. One is the journey image that we saw. There's a fruitful tree image. There's a fruitful vine image. There's a holy temple. There's the sower and the seed image. There's the potter and the clay, darkness and light. Come to me, follow me, I'm sending you out. Christ in me and I in the life of Christ. And the work of the Spirit, born of the Spirit, form of the Spirit, baptized of the Spirit. Those speak to the same things and methods and they give us wealth of the very things that we have talked about. As we look at the early church in the book of Acts, what was their vision and what was their mission? And I try to look at very simple and pure things. And I noticed something that is very tangible to you and I. Which is going to be the mission statement for this church. I didn't take what Peter and Paul and Luke and Silas and Barnabas were doing. Because you'll say, well, we're not apostles. Well, I don't want to offend. Maybe some of you think well, you're greater than some of those apostles in here. But... You know, I wanted to look at the regular guy in the church. What was their mission? You know, the ones that are behind the scenes, they you'll say, maybe he, they look more like you and I. Today. And I found this beautiful flavor within our brothers and sisters who walked with Jesus the apostles. And he says, And the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. And as I began to look at this, he began to expand. And I began to see that the word of God, Acts 12, 24, but the word of God increased and multiplied. And so the the church was strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Same idea. Acts 19.20, the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. That is, same thing as multiply. So one thing that I saw in the church at that time is that the word of God increased and multiplied. Now, the first thing you should tell me, well, pastor, there was no no New Testament at that time. You're forgetting. We have the Bible. How could the word of God, for most people who didn't know how to read and write, increase and multiply? We have Bibles here on the pew sitting empty. We have multiple Bibles at home. We have thousands of churches 
please don't bring this statement here. It makes us look bad. Because they increased and they multiplied and they are no Bible. Man, but they had vision. And they had mission. Ask some questions. Gotta ask some questions. How can the word of God increase? We understand it's easier to understand multiply. I keep speaking it, I keep sharing it, it goes out, it goes out. But how can it increase? For Jeremy, the word of God may be an idea at the most shallow level of his mind. Wrestling. For Jacob, if I'm saying the name right, he may even enter deeper and increase from his mind into his emotions, into the second most powerful force of the soul, and you may sway his emotions. And for Jackson, good thing you're over J. Jeremy, okay. <laughs> for Jackson, it may even go further than the, the emotions and get into the volition that he directs his steps. And for Eddie, the big guy, it takes root into the spirit. It cuts to the division of the soul and spirit. And it is there where now it can only truly increase and begin to be written on the tablets of his heart and mind. And that is the new covenant that Jesus came to do. There's a mission. There's a mission of the word of God in you. Now, when you turn the church into an information center and a school, you have lost the vision and the mission. It is frightening, as I said last week. It's a, everything is about the presence of God. We don't want to turn into a church that the Apostle Paul tells us that in the last day there will be a church that will have a form of godliness by denying its power. Isn't that what it is? Isn't that what's happening? Yes, it is. Do you know why? Because it's an information center you're coming here trying to see if the pastor will save us or if I can hear something new or deeper than what I thought before. In a place where the mission and the vision and the design of God is, the moment you approach the voice of God and the word of God, 
you ought to feel the tingling of the hands of God. For he is the potter and you are the? And that is what the Lord desires. When's the last time you came to church and you felt his hands? <coughs> Beginning to say, relax. Let go of your agenda again. Let me begin to mold you. Let me begin to form you. Let me take the impurities. Many of you are captive to impurities within your mind, your emotions, your volition, your spirit. You're coming to church seeking information. That's not church. The word of God increased. It increased. It doesn't say accumulation of knowledge. How can something increase? It's very easy for us to see the negative way. How someone with a wrong look can end up watching pornography and becoming a raper. On the negative side, you can see that increase. But it's the same spiritual entity on the building side. <laughs> without power. Without authority without reality, the word of God cannot increase in your life. Without the hands of the potter, you can't have a pastor. You can just go hire someone study literature, a PhD in literature, Give them the Bible and say, hey, teach from here as much as you know on literature. Without you, as we spoke last week, being able to rightly come within the presence of God, you won't sense the power at work. You may be tickled by ideas or funny jokes the pastor says, or bad things that kind of rock you the wrong way. But guess what? It's not about me. We are all clay. Legacy. How do you get to be a legacy? Well... I'm glad you asked that question. I'll skip a part of the sermon, quite a big chunk. 
you become a legacy because we're reminded that in Jeremiah, the Lord sends Jeremiah in Jeremiah 18. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah and he got messages from the Lord. So I want to let you know that there was TV before Jeremiah, in Jeremiah's time. God used the visual. He said, go down to the potter's house. Is that what he told them? The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Now, why wouldn't the Lord just tell him the message? Sometimes he did. Sometimes it was a vision. Sometimes it was a dream. Sometimes loud voice. Sometimes voices uh, in their head that they heard. Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel. Interesting part. The word of God making the prophet realize it is not information. It is something in action. If the word that you hear from God has no action within you, there can be an increase. If he doesn't have action in your relationship with God through the vision he's giving you and in the way you live your life mission, there's no increase, there's no multiply. That is true for my life, for your life, for the life of the church corporately. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working on the wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. After viewing what's happening in action, <coughs> he had to understand the heart of God. Now, I want to stay positive, but I'm real. I'll give you the answer of the Israelites. <coughs> but they say, this is in vain. Verse 12. We will follow our own plans and will. There is something at war with being God-centric, with having a mission, and with having a vision. What is it? Remember the strength. Jeremy, the deepest part of who we are. 
If the spirit is not in control, it is the flesh, it will use will. Listen to the response of the people. We will follow our own. We will follow our own plans and will. So it is no longer vision or relationship with God that guides Israel. What? It's their managing and it's their will. You can do that in the church. You can say Jesus is in charge of a church, but it's mainly about a service and programs that you run. Let me ask you, is that any different? You'll say, no, 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 we're not saying we're following our own will, but you all grew up doing something. You all got used to something, and you say, well, that's how I know it my whole life. Well, I'm glad that the people who didn't know how to read, that the people who didn't have a Bible, who were tortured, beaten, chased around, they stand as a witness to us as a church that the word of God increased and multiplied. We can even play the video? We can? Let's uh, take a little break and watch this video before we continue. You are clay, unformed, unshaped, ready to be used. You are clay, moldable, malleable, useful to the potter. You are clay. He sees something that no one else sees. Your future is in his hands. You are clay. A piece of art. A thing of beauty in the right hands. You are clay. You cannot disagree what the potter chooses to do with you. You are clay. Thrown in the fire. Nothing is wasted you will be fit for service. You are clay. Now, this is the visual reality. Oh, thank you. Now I can see the screen. 
It wasn't working before. I thought you guys could not see. This is the reality. The vision of what we're speaking about increasing and multiplying is seen in this image of the potter and the clay. And if that is not a reality, it is a weakened, unfruitful version that begins to take root within a life and within a church. I have three passages that... Oh, it works now. That I would like you guys to memorize. I know I'm asking a lot, three verses. But now, O oh Lord, you are the Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all work of your hand. Two, and believe me, this will be very valuable as well. Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? And three, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Now, since we started last week to connect this, what will happen to the church in the last day? One of the scariest things for me as a pastor is this phrase, always learning but never able to come to an understanding of the truth. What does this mean? It's for me to see someone in church whom they attended their entire life. And has not graduated. I have a confession to make. That is one of the scariest things for me as a pastor to see. People have become very good pew warm sitters. They're constantly learning. But even in the world, you want to be a mechanic? There's a graduating port. You want to be an engineer? There's a grad you want to be a doctor? Yeah, you may be studying longer. You want to be a professor? You may be studying even longer. But there's a graduating point. What happens when we have churches where people don't graduate? Always learning. That means devoted attendance. The point is that God 
will make you a legacy when you are a completed finished product, a vessel. When I stand in his office, and you may tell me, Pastor, we have the best closet of vessels here in this church. And I'm glad to hear that. I'm going to say, let's put them to use. But to begin, we need to break the design into this world with God's design. What will this make us do for the word of God to increase and multiply? For that's our mission. Family first. The unit that wants to be destroyed by the world and the devil. Deuteronomy 6. The first primary place of spirituality is not the church. It is the family. Now this is the commandment. The statutes and the rules. That the Lord your God command me to teach you. That you may do them in the land in which you are going to go over to possess it. That you may fear the Lord your God. You and your son and your son's sons. By keeping all the statutes and his commandments which I commanded you. All the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them. They may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised in the land flowing with milk and honey. What is this talking about? Commandments and statutes. Isn't that the word of God? Isn't that meant to increase and multiply? Hear, Israel, the Lord. God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Isn't this like clay? They needed to be in the potter's hand and formed and used. And these words I command you today, and they shall be on your heart. Isn't this the new covenant of Jesus? You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk. By the way, when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So what is going to be the family plan attack? For the next two years, there's a Bible reading every day, one or two chapters. Sometimes it may take you seven minutes to finish. But at least two to three times, you ought to read together as a family. If you read as individuals, that's fine. And then pray together. And have conversations. We're reverting back to the Word of God to increase and multiply in our homes. And that is our environment first and foremost. But we're also doing it as a church. And it's going to affect everything in the church. Because do you know what happens when you go to the potter? He takes the clay and he begins to make a ball. And he looks for hard spots and he throws them away. But then there's the violent hit where he slams it on the table to center it. And we have to gather the clay. 
And that is our fellowship part. You guys can go to that slide. I don't know where it is now. Kind of lost. But what will we do? We will cancel all fellowships. And we will meet into one fellowship in this room. The children will follow suit. The youth will follow suit. And all of us, as we read, we come together into the potter's presence. There will be a 20-minute teaching on the previous week's reading. And then, because you are Christians, because you have the Holy Spirit, there will be a longer period of time where you are sharing God's hand on you as clay. This is what the Lord convicted you. This is what I got from my reading. This is the struggle that I have. This bothers me. And you begin to share. You may have a question. You may have something, a conviction that the Lord put. You may have a problem. You may not understand. But you're beginning to wrestle. You're beginning to let the hand of God work with you as you read that. And we're sharing it together because this is the life of Jesus Christ in our midst. And after we do that for a while, we're going to pray together. What a concept. As a whole church. Not as individuals somewhere. We're going to pray together. Here. And because this is a whole church thing, the people who help with the youth and the children will have to at least be one Wednesday a night here. So we'll have to rotate to relieve them. Why? Because we're one body. The Lord wants... To use us together. This message is not just individual. It's for the church. For all of us together. And then as you read with your family. And they go to Sunday school. And you go to Sunday school. It's going to happen from the same reading. You're going to go in there. You have read passages. There's going to be a passage. Where you are going to do. A, a, a Sunday school from that place. And there will be some emphasis on transformation and application during Sunday school. And as we move through this, guess what's going to happen? You're going to praise the Lord during the worship. And that is not worship service. But services because your legacy is everywhere, not just here in the church. And this word is going to go out to have a mission and a vision wherever you are. But it should be your desire to serve as you come to the house of the Lord. Why? Because you are a vessel that's being used. A vessel. And I don't want to tell you that this is bad. But I want you to go and look at videos of the potters. To look at the intimate part. As the potter after the lamb begins to, after centering it, 
from the world and the things in our soul begins to go inside to carve out to help us deny self to make the whole as he puts water and now that hole gets bigger and the image of his face is within us you look at the depth of the image why are we looking this god says go jeremiah and look As God empties himself out of us, his image would grow into us. His word will increase. We're being formed after we're formed. We're being baked and put under fire to see if there are any flaws against us. And I don't want to take this this far because it's late. But guess what happened? The 30 pieces of silver, they were given to Judas. And then he comes back to his senses. I shed innocent blood. He throws them in the temple. And the people are afraid to say, wow. The priest, we cannot take this money. You know what they buy, right? Zechariah says that they'll buy what? The potter's field. Do you know what the potter's field is? It's full of cracked pieces of pots that have not been used. So they're trash. I got to tell you, I was trash before I knew the Lord. I hope you don't have a higher view of yourself. <coughs> we can only be remade, be put together anew by the Lord. Not because you're smart. Not because you're brave. Not because you think you're better than someone else. But because he's purchased you with his blood. Let's borrow hands and pray. Father Lord, we thank you that you are the potter and we are the clay. Lord, faithfully we've been serving but unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Lord, today we start with the declaration that you are the potter and we are the clay. Lord, would you begin to increase your word in our midst. Would you begin, Lord, to make us sense and feel your gentle loving hands forming us, transforming us, remolding us if it's needed. Today there might be some tugging away would they feel your hands right now will they find your home will they know your warm touch will they find their peace will they see your legacy through them Lord, we 
desire to be vessel of use, honorable use, in your hands. In Jesus' name we ask, Father. Amen. As we sing this song, um, maybe you don't need to sing this morning. Maybe you need to come forward and, and just pray the words of this song. Um, maybe you need to just do that where you're standing. But posture, our posture matters. And I think some of the, the most beautiful times I've had speaking to God have been when I've been on my knees in his presence. And maybe that, that's where you need to be, you know, praying these words, Jesus, be the center of everything that's, that I'm pursuing, everything I'm doing. And if it's not, God, root that out, just like the potter pulls out lumps, pulls out rocks, pulls out all the trash before he starts working. Maybe that's where you need to be this morning. So really search where God has you and, and just move. Do what he's calling you to do. Nobody here is going to judge you for it. We're all going to pray for each other over this because we're all in a similar place today. We're all needing Jesus to be at the center of who we are and what we do. Be the fire 
out of your hand thank you for being our potter go out being encouraged that he holds you amen here within a manger lies the one who made the starry skies this baby born for sacrifice Christ the Messiah to our fears, Savior of the world appears, the promise of eternal years, Christ the Messiah, and He shall reign forevermore, forevermore, and He shall Smith. 